0: Good morning. My name is Gabe. I'm one of the pastors here. Wasn't that just an amazing time of worship this morning? We're worshiping our resurrected King. Um, And I I don't know what brought you into this room today. You know, maybe for some of you, you've been journeying with Jesus a long time, um, and maybe you're just new to the new, New City family. Maybe for others of you, You're just exploring what following Jesus looks like, and you don't know why you're here today, but you're here and you're curious. And I think maybe there's some of you that today is a big day, and maybe you don't even know it yet, uh, but today you're going to start a journey with Jesus. I think there's some people in the room um, that applies to. Well, if you're any of those, I want to I let you know a way that we want to get connected with you um, because we want to help you follow Jesus. And a way to do that, there's this card in the seats in front of you. And if, if you want to get more connected here, if you'd like to get into a group, if you'd like to learn more about faith in Jesus um, and what it means to follow him and what it means to be part of this church, we want to talk to you. And so you can fill this card out, give it to an usher or a greeter, or put it in one of the boxes in the lobby, and um, we can't wait to meet you and and talk with you. I wanna let you know about another aspect of being part of the New City family, and that is um, we we believe that as Christians, we're made to bring the light and the hope of the resurrected Jesus into a dark and fallen and evil world, and one of the ways that we do that is through our generosity. So a few weeks ago, um, we prayed about it and issued a big challenge to raise $150,000 to help support Ukrainian refugees. And I'm so uh, privileged to let you know this morning that as of today, we've raised $165,000. So, amen. So. Thank you to all who who gave to that. You can still give to that. If you go online, Um, you can still contribute. Um, Just as a reminder, all of that money goes to our partners, some short-term partners who are offering relief in the way of of food and shelter and basic necessities for refugees uh, fleeing a war zone. And then some of the money is going to support churches that are going to receive and welcome and minister um, to refugees for years to come. Well, now is also the point in in the service where you have an opportunity to respond to worship and generosity and through your giving, and you can do that online um, now or later, or if you have a physical check or something that you'd like to give, you can drop that in one of the boxes in the lobby. I'd love to pray for us now this morning. Lord, we thank you for sending your only son who paid the penalty for our sins, Lord, and and we pray, Lord, that you would help us this week just to realize the power of the resurrection. Lord, that we would live in light of resurrected life. Lord, would you give us a vision of what that hope looks like today? And Lord, I pray for each of my friends in this room, Lord, that you would meet them right where they are and that you draw them just one step closer to you, wherever that is. And, Lord, we just thank you that we get to be a part of your kingdom and a part of your church, and we look forward to that day that you come again. So we ask that you would bless our little offerings of time this morning and our financial gifts, and that you would multiply them in a powerful way in the world. And we pray in the matchless and powerful name of Jesus. Amen.
1: to save it from the grave. Who are you trusting? To save it from the grave. Save you. Who are you trusting to save to it from?
2: Alfred Hitchcock was the master of mystery. And in an episode entitled The Final Escape, Hitchcock tells the story of John Perry, a convicted bank robber who was sentenced to life in prison. John begins from the moment of his conviction to plot a great escape. And on his way into the prison walls, he notices a fellow prisoner who was named Doc who was standing at a graveside in the prison graveyard covering up a grave. And that was curious to John. When he gets on the inside, he makes friends with Doc. And come to find out, Doc was the prison graveyard um, custodian. He was in charge of building the coffins and, and taking prisoners who would die inside the prison walls outside to the graveyard and burying them. John decides that this could be advantageous for his plan and he makes friends with Doc. He learns that Doc was also in need of life-changing surgery but didn't have the money for it and a plan was hatched in John's mind. Here was the plan. John would figure a way to sneak out of his cell when the next prisoner died and he knew that that there was a death because a, a bell would toll throughout the prison whenever a prisoner would die. He would come out that night after the prisoner died and sneak down into the morgue in the cover of darkness, uh, crawl into the coffin that Doc made with the prisoner. Let's just take a moment. And, and then put, a, put a, uh, the lid on top and wait. And the next day, the coffin would be carried out to the prison graveyard. He would be buried by Doc and others. And then Doc would come back and, and um, dig him up, set him free. John would have his freedom And Doc would have his money for his surgery. The plan for the great escape was hatched between Doc and John. And all they needed to do now was to wait for the next prisoner to die. And John waited, and he waited, and he waited. And then one night, the bell rang a prisoner had died. John waited in his cell till just the right moment, the cover of darkness. He slipped out of the cell, went down to the prison morgue, got into the coffin with the dead prisoner, and put the lid over top. And he waited. And he waited. The next morning, John could hear voices around him. They were carrying the coffin out to the graveyard, outside of the walls to to bury him. He felt the coffin shifting and moving as they they walked to the graveyard. And then finally, he felt the coffin and himself lowering down into the ground. Can you imagine? And he heard the sound of dirt covering up the top of the coffin. And then he heard nothing complete silence. And he waited. And he waited. And he waited and then he began to wonder had something gone wrong, had Dot gotten distracted, had he changed his mind, he continued to wait, there was nothing else to do. He began to sweat a little bit, John did. The air was getting thinner and thinner in the coffin. He was grasping for breath. He was now in a full-blown panic. He was waiting, he was waiting. He couldn't wait anymore. He dug into his pocket and pulled out a match that he had placed there. He struck it against the wall of the coffin. He began to look around and then he looked up at the prisoner's face who was lying beside him in the coffin and it was the face of Doc. And the match went out. Good morning. Good morning. What, what do you, hey, what do you feel right now? Just those of you who are claustrophobic, it's like, ooh. John had a great plan and he was trusting in Doc to see it through. And you know, the truth is this on this Easter morning, guys, when we think about that story and all the feelings that come with it, All of us are trusting in someone or something to save us from the grave. You know, in this life, none of us are getting out of here alive. So all of us, whether we're conscious about it or subconscious, are trusting in someone or something to to save us from the grave. Jesus said to some of his friends uh, in John chapter 11, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He said, anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. And then he asked this all important question to Martha that day and to each of us today. Do you believe this. Basically what Jesus was asking and is asking to each of us is this question. Who are you trusting to save you from the grave? Do you believe that in me is life? And as you place your faith, your trust in me, you'll never die. We've been walking through a book of the Bible entitled Ephesians. And it's actually a letter. Many of the books of the Bible are personal letters. And this letter was written by the Apostle Paul. Paul wrote half of the New Testament. He's writing to a first century audience in Asia Minor. Uh, In a city that was really busy, Um, uh, Ephesus was a, a very cosmopolitan city. It was a center of commerce, not unlike the city that we find ourselves in today. People of all kinds of different backgrounds who wrestled with the same challenges and questions that we do. And Paul, with a group of friends years earlier, had planted a church there in Ephesus. And he writes this letter that we've been walking through together to encourage them to continue to trust in Jesus because there's so many obstacles To doing so. And so I want to encourage you to come back next week. We're going to do this again next week on Sunday. And we're going to be walking through the book of Ephesians. And I want to encourage you to come back as we continue through it. But today, I just want to read a little section from this letter that Paul wrote to a group of people just like us to encourage them to continue to trust Jesus to save them. And if you're able, I want to ask you to just stand to your feet this morning as I read from Ephesians chapter 2. And if you have your scriptures, you're welcome to turn there with me. Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 9. Paul writes to his friends, once you were dead because of your disobedience and many sins. That's quite an opening. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. And then maybe the greatest phrase written in human history, Ephesians 2, 4, but God, but God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. And then verse 8 and 9, God saved you by his grace. When you believed, and you can't take credit for this, it's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. God's word to you today. You can be seated. Paul's encouraging his friends. He's encouraging us with this question, who are we trusting to save us from the grave? Who are we placing our trust and our hope in today? And he wants to encourage his friends to continue to trust in Jesus. But he recognizes, and maybe you you heard these words in the opening couple of verses there in Ephesians 2, he recognizes that there are major obstacles to trusting Jesus, Many of you walk into the room this morning, you're watching online right now, and there's a major obstacle that you feel like is standing in between you and trusting in Jesus. Paul highlights two of them. I know there's hundreds of them, but he puts two big categories of, of, of obstacles in trusting Jesus and believing his promises. Remember, Jesus said, do you believe this? What are some of the obstacles that keep us from doing so and trusting in him? The first one that Paul mentions, mentions is self-reliance. So primarily the audience that was reading this letter was a Greek audience, a Roman audience. And maybe you've learned this, this Greek philosophy that, that the, the Greeks in the first century came up with it. God helps those who, you've heard it too, this was a very Greek philosophy. They came up with it in the first century. God helps those who help themselves. The, the Greeks, in fact, uh, believed in many gods, a pantheon of gods. One of them whose temple was in Ephesus, Artemis, the, uh, the goddess of nature. And they would come and they would worship and they would bring all these different sacrifices. They believed in all kinds of gods. But here's what they believed at their core. Gods, or all the gods, are going to help us when we help ourselves. So another word to think about for this major obstacle of trusting in Jesus it is improvement. I'll just, I'll just become a better person. I'll just dig a little bit deeper. I'll get a little bit better. And then the gods will, will be in my favor and, and my chances will be better with them. But Paul sort of uh, blows this up in verse one when he says, you were what? Ephesians two, verse one, you were dead. It's hard to improve a dead person. And that helps us to understand what it means to follow Jesus today. I, I, I know in a room this size I'm watching online, we come from different backgrounds. Some of you have different understandings about who Jesus is, what Christianity is. But let's just, let's just take this up front here from Ephesians chapter two. Christianity is not self-reliance. It's not God helping those who help themselves. It can't be, according to Paul's description. You can't improve dead things. No, Christianity isn't about helping bad people get a little bit better. Christianity is not a a behavior modification program. Some of you grew up in churches that way. Just be a good little boy, just be a good little girl and, and you'll get into heaven and God will love you. No, Christianity isn't about bad people getting better. It's about dead people being alive. Jesus didn't come to make you a better person. I think if you follow Jesus, you will be a better person and more fully who he made you to be. But that's after he saves you from death to life. Hey, I, I grew up learning these uh, 10, ten two letter words. See if you remember this one. If it is to be, it is up to me. And that felt good. Yeah, I'll just work a little hard. I'll just study a little harder. And if it is to be, it is up to me. But when I take that philosophy, which is akin to God helps those who help themselves, and I apply it to my journey with Jesus, it falls apart. It's not based on me. And Paul wants his friends to remember that, that you were, de- when God found you, you were dead and he made you alive. Paul knew this, that the first obstacle, self-reliance to following Jesus, to trusting him to save us from our own graves, that one of the major obstacles was relying in our, and trusting in ourselves. And so he speaks about that very plainly and openly. But here's the second one. Remember, I said there's two major obstacles and this one might surprise you on Easter Sunday in church. Religion. You say, really? Well, religion is all about doing good works, about doing things for God. which which sounds good, which seems right, which feels good. In fact, again, the culture that Paul was writing to, his Greek audience struggled with, if it is to be, it's up to me, and God helps those who help themselves. His Jewish audience struggled with, I've got to work my way to heaven. I've got to prove my worth to God. And here's what religion says, everyone watch this. God, if you'll just tell me the rules to the game of life, I'll keep them. And I might not beat everybody else, but I'll beat some people. And I'll hopefully at the end of my life, the celestial ledger of good and bad will tip in my favor and I'll eke in 51 to 49 into heaven. And so many people go throughout their lives and they attend churches and they go all kinds of places where people gather together and they do good things hoping that at the end of their life, they'll be good enough to be accepted by God. And that's not what Christianity is. In the Bible, the standard that is presented to be accepted by God is known by a word called holiness. Have you heard this word before? Holiness. What does holiness mean? What is, you know, we talk about holy and being holy. What is holy? Well, holy means to be set apart, and it means, here's another word, to be perfect. How many of you in here, that's working for you? Right, you would say, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm Perfect. Here's a better way to judge it. Look at the people around you right now and ask them after services, how am I doing with this one? Am I, am I, am I, getting, am I getting close? And they'll say, no, you're, you're not. You're not. I'm sorry. C.S. Lewis, who is a great author, right, and an apologist uh, for Jesus, he, um, he said there's two ways. See if this resonates with you. Lewis said there's, there's two ways that we miss God. Two great obstacles, if you will, to trusting in Jesus and the promise of the hope of the resurrection, what we're celebrating today. The first way is, I live however I want and I do whatever I want to do. Sound familiar? Self-reliance. I take my chances. If there is a God, right, I'm trying to help myself and do it on my own and be reliant on myself. That's the first way Lewis says, yeah, we just miss. We miss God. And all of us have struggled with that. But here's the second way, and it's, it's a lot sneakier. I'm really proud that I don't do whatever I want. I feel really good about myself that I'm not like all of those other people just living however they want. And I'm a, I'm a good person, and I'm doing good things and I'm dressing the right way and acting the right way and speaking the right way so that one day, hopefully on the ledger, I'll be 51 to 49 and I'll get in. And that's what religion is. And Lewis said, in both ways, we miss Jesus and the claims of the gospel. Here's the deal guys, when the game of life is over with, it's all going back in the box. It's all going back in the box. And the question remains, who are you trusting to save you from the grave? And Paul here in the passage offers another way. It's not self-reliance, he blows that up by saying you were dead. It's not religion, he blows that up in verse three by saying all of us fell short, including religious people. Paul turns and says, there's another way. There's a third way, if you will. There's a gospel way. There's a Jesus way. And the way is grace. Beginning in verse four, Paul uh, turns uh, the tide of the message to them. And he says, it's not self-reliance. It's not religion. It's God who was what? Who was rich in mercy. Do you know what the word mercy means? Mercy means not getting what you deserve. We deserved separation from God for our disobedience and sin. By our nature and by our choices, we didn't uh, meet perfection, the standard of holiness. And so we deserve separation. But because God was rich in mercy, he didn't give us what we deserve, but it gets better. Not only did we not get separation from God, we got relationship with God through Jesus, and that's grace. Grace. That's the Jesus way. Let me draw your attention back to verse eight in the passage we read today in Ephesians chapter two. Just, just listen to it again here. "God saved you by His here's our word. grace. When you did enough good things." Is that what Paul says? When you showed God that you were man enough, that you were woman enough to do it on your own and be self-reliant. no? God saved you by his grace, which by the way, the word grace means getting what you don't deserve, right? A relationship with God forever. He saved you by his grace when you did what? When you believed, when you trusted. Flashback, John 11, Jesus' question to our friend Martha and to each of us, do you what? Do you believe? I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Paul says it's by his grace, we're saved by grace when we believe. God's grace to us. And you can't take credit for this. We live in a world that wants to take credit, don't we? Right, John F. Kennedy said, success has a thousand fathers and failure is an orphan. You can't take credit for this. God did it. It's a gift from God and that's what grace is. Grace is a gift. Look, grace is this. When I was walking the other way away from God, God came chasing after me. And by the way, this is the difference in Christianity and every other world religion that says, I've got to do something, I've got to be something to prove my worth to God, to to inch my way closer to God and hope that at the end of my life, I'm accepted, even if it's 51 to 49, Christianity stands alone. Following Jesus stands alone in this, that when I was walking the other way, Jesus came running after me. And God demonstrated his love for you and for me in this, that while we were still sinners, that he died for us. So this blows up the idea of I've got to help myself. God helps those who help themselves. If it is to be, it is up to me. No, no. Oh, I've got to do a bunch of things and be a religious person and do all the rituals and look the the right way. No, God saved me by his grace. It's a gift from him. I can't boast about it. God and God alone did it. Friends, here's the truth. And I hope if you don't remember anything else from this Easter message, I hope you'll remember this. The truth is that God doesn't help those who help themselves. God helps those who are helpless. God helps those, I'll use another word, who are humble, who are poor in spirit. What does that mean? It means they've come to the end of themselves and they've realized that in this life, I can't do it on my own. Self-reliance is not going to work. And I can't rely on religion and just thinking that I can do enough good things to meet the standard of perfection. That's not going to work. Today, not only do we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, but here's the other deal, guys. We celebrate the death of self-reliance and religion. It's interesting that the Romans and the Jews were the ones who took Jesus to the cross and crucified him. The Romans struggled with self-reliance. The Jews struggled with religion. And Jesus offers us Another way, through the gospel. What's the gospel? The gospel means good news. Well, if there's good news, what does there have to be? And we heard it this morning in Ephesians 2. You were dead. That's bad news. But here's the good news. God is rich in mercy. And by his grace, not your works, not your self-reliance, you can know him. You can follow him. You can experience life in him. And it's not through your works or your efforts. It's only through your trust, and your belief. God wrote, God wrote a check for all of your sins. This is unbelievable. Past, present, future, God wrote a check for our sins at the cross of Jesus on Friday. And here's the good news. It cleared the bank on Sunday with the empty tomb. And now the statement, the bill of your sin, past, present, and future, the things that nobody else around you even knows about right now, all of those are known by God and stamped across the bill of your sin as paid in full. And it's signed by Jesus. But there's one nagging question. <laughs> it's the bottom line today. It's the question that Jesus Jesus asked Martha. It's the question that he asked all of us. Who are you trusting to save you from the grave? Do you have a great escape plan that's reliant on yourself and your your, uh, ingenuity, your intellect? I can just will myself out of the grave. Are you relying on your good works, your religiosity? Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. I want you to hear this. Everyone who believes in me, Jesus said, will never die. That is the great escape. The empty tomb was the great escape. It was the final escape from death and separation from God. And Jesus invites us into that through our simple trust and belief and here's the question, the question that Jesus asked, do you believe this? Do you believe that it's not by your self-reliance and your effort, are you willing to let that go? Do you believe that it's not by religion and your good works that you couldn't do enough? Do you believe that it's only by grace? God's unmerited favor and love to you through Jesus. That's what Easter is. To Christ alone be the glory today. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for loving us and proving your love for us on this day. The the cross answered, do you care? And the empty tomb answered our question, are you able? You care for us, Jesus, and you are powerful. You are able. Thank you for what this day means to us. Thank you for the resurrection hope that we have in a world that is full of darkness and pain and despair. And I know that that includes this room today. If today you would say, you know, I've been relying on myself. And I actually thought I could do enough good things in my religion to get to heaven and to save me from the grave. But I understand today the gospel, the good news is this that we're saved by grace. It's not of our own works, it's only our belief and trust in Jesus. It's a gift of God so that no one can boast. I wanna trust Jesus today. I don't wanna leave here today wondering who's gonna save me from the grave. If if that's where you are today, if that's your heart, I wanna follow Jesus, I wanna trust him. For some of you who've been coming to church for quite a while, but you've never placed your hope in Jesus. For some of you, this is the first time you've been in a church and you've heard a sermon in years and years, and the good news is this, it's not about religiosity, it's not churchianity, it's about Jesus. If your heart today is to trust Jesus, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son and that he died on the cross to save me from all of my sins. And I believe today, this Easter morning, that he rose from the dead, and he invites me to be a part of your forever family. Because of what Jesus has done, and Jesus alone, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, past, present, and yes, even future. And Jesus, I ask you to give me eternal life with you, I want to trust you, Jesus, as my Savior, and today I want to follow you, turn away from self-reliance and religion, and follow you as my Lord. And all of us today, our prayer is this, that you would help us, Jesus, to live our lives in such a way that we honor you and we bring you the most glory in our lives, and we point people to the gospel hope that we have today, this Easter morning, that you are alive and that you offer us new life with you, not through self-reliance, not through religion, but through simple trust. We give you the glory today and we pray this in the matchless name of Jesus, amen.
1: The same power that rose Jesus from the grave is alive in us, amen. Amen. Would you stand as we continue in worship? I was broken and afraid and powerless. I was trapped within my sin and hopelessness. I was lost in the dark and all alone. I was wandering with nowhere to call saw me in the valley of my shame. And He reached out to me and called my name. The same power, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is alive in me. And the same power, the same power that rose i okay.
2: Thank you so much for being with us today, this Easter morning. It's great to have you here. And we'd love to have you come back. We're going to be continuing our journey through the book of Ephesians next week and want we'll to invite you to come back at 9.30 or 11. If you prayed that prayer with me uh, to follow Jesus today, we'd love to follow up with you and help you on your journey. Uh, I want to bring your attention again to this Connect card. If you would be willing to fill it out and you can drop it in one of the boxes on the way out or give it to someone with a green lanyard, you can bring it to me or go to Connection Point in the courtyard. We'd love to take it from you. If there's anything else uh, that you want to follow up with us on, we'd love to to be in touch with you. And speaking of, the courtyard is open today. If you're visiting with us, stop by Connection Point. Um, You're welcome to stay and take pictures. Um, would love uh, to, to just journey with you and be with you today and celebrate the resurrection uh, together. If you're able, would you extend your hands uh, for a benediction as you go today? Now may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon each and every one of you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and turn his attention your way And may the Lord today, this resurrection morning and all throughout this week, fill you with his hope and his life and his love in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Love you, New City.